Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will recap the week that was, including developments and debates within the Beltway and amongst global central banks, plus some notable economic data points and a look at what to expect in the week ahead. Joining me on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Mike Gord, Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment office. So, Mike, welcome back. Happy Friday, and thank you for joining us today. Good, and happy Friday indeed. Happy to be back with you. Absolutely. So, Mike, a few topics I know we want to hit on today. Maybe we can begin with Washington. I know a lot of fluidity surrounding ongoing debates over federal spending programs. You think about infrastructure, the debt ceiling. It seemed to have caught the attention of the market's investors over the past few sessions. So what are some takeaways, Mike, in terms of what we've been hearing out of Washington recently and how have markets been responding? Yeah, sure. So uh, definitely been plenty of development this week on uh, on both the infrastructure talk side and on the debt ceiling. Uh, I will say, though, that markets have been relatively flat. They've been able to shake this off. The S&P is down around 1% and has kind of been trading it within a 1% band uh, for so far on this short week. Um, but onto the, the negotiations and the, and the debt ceiling dynamics. So on the infrastructure side, Plenty of headlines, as we've seen multiple moderate Democrats have requested a stall in negotiations, and and they have suggested that they may vote against the proposals. Uh, Now, Democratic congressional leaders, meanwhile, have forged ahead on pulling together all of the details for the proposals. So these negotiations are contentious. There is a, a real, you know, it's a tail risk, but there's a real risk that the talks do collapse. But we think that the most likely outcome is going to be total fiscal spending somewhere in the two to four trillion dollar range. Um, you know, we're, we're cognizant of how wide that range is. Uh, but, you know, these negotiations are really contentious and are changing constantly. So it's, it's really hard to tell where it'll all shake out, uh, you know, once we once we see a final proposal. So under the debt ceiling. Uh, this week, uh, Treasury Secretary Yellen suggested that the X date will fall in October. Uh, still tough to tell how this whole fight will play out, uh, given Republicans have expressed strong and, and united opposition towards voting for an increase in government funding. Uh, and Democrats want some Republican votes for, for both optical reasons ahead of what are going to be pretty, pretty tight midterm elections. Uh, and they feel that their colleagues across the aisle should vote in favor after Democrats extended them the same courtesy uh, when the previous administration enacted their multi-trillion dollar spending provisions. So in our view, the debt ceiling issue is the one that has the most potential market impact over the near term and by a large margin. You know, a fight over the vote that, that gets close to that X date could lead to some real equity market volatility. It'll impact demand for treasuries, money market funds, commercial paper, um, you know, brinksmanship around the debt ceiling as we get real close to that X date is also likely going to get at least one of the three major rating agencies to downgrade U.S. sovereign debt from its AAA rating. And, you know, this, of course, leads to higher yields on treasuries, increased borrowing costs for the government. So a, a whole slew of negative uh, negative results from that. So there are multiple scenarios this to play out still, but we really won't have more insight for another couple of weeks as the negotiations, you know, really ramp up further. 
Yeah, Mike, thank you for the clarity on what we've been hearing out of Washington. It sounds like the balance of September promises to be quite eventful up on Capitol Hill, so we'll need to pay close attention, and I'm sure we'll stay informed on what's going on and how the markets respond as a result. Maybe we can pivot a bit, turn over to the central banks. Now, investors, they did take notice of remarks from a particular ECB official. I know the ECB also had their policy meeting this week, and we also heard from from the Fed here in the U.S. They did release their beige book, which is always an interesting read. Any highlights from these central bank gatherings and remarks that you can share with us, Mike? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, on the overseas side of things, the ECB has left key interest rates unchanged at the September meeting. Uh, This was in line with ours and market expectations. Uh, Digging into those details just a little bit, the governing council decided to slow the pace of asset purchases from the significantly higher rate that they had been uh, purchasing over the last few quarters. Uh, You know, while they are moderating the pace of purchases, uh, President Lagarde was very, very keen to stress that this is not a taper, but just a recalibration. So, you know, lot of lot of uh you know central bank heads just really bending over backwards to try to make it very very clear to the market what they what their plans are uh you know so updated staff forecasts from the ecb are pointing to consumer inflation measures still significantly below the ecb target uh so that suggests that they're going to keep buying bonds for many months to come uh, we actually have just put out a note titled ECB Review, a recalibration or a taper uh, that was published yesterday. So if, if you want a, a deeper dive into those dynamics overseas, please take a look at that. Uh, turning to the U.S. side of things, uh, we did get details from the base book. Again, very interesting. Uh, those that, that was released on Wednesday. Overall, showed slightly weaker growth as Delta spread. Inflationary pressures continued. Uh, amid wide, widespread supply chain disruption. So some notable quotes on growth, labor markets, and inflation. Uh, economic growth downshifted slightly to a moderate pace in early July through August, largely attributable to a pullback in dining out, travel, and tourism. All districts noted extensive labor shortages that were constraining employment and, in many cases, impeding business activity and most districts reported wage growth as strong. Inflation was reported to be steady at an elevated pace with pervasive resource shortages. Input price pressures continue to be widespread. So the beige book findings are all in line with the recent economic data we've been getting. And I I really think the most meaningful takeaway here is is in terms of how, you know, these results may affect Fed thinking. Uh, and so, you know, it really is suggesting that inflation is going to remain far above the Fed's, you know, 2% symmetrical target for some time, fueled in part by businesses passing along these rising costs to consumers. And all in all, that's likely to encourage the FOMC to take further steps toward tapering at their upcoming meeting on uh, the 22nd of September. So that's the central bank update. Well, uh, the beige book, it's always an interesting read. So thank you, Mike, for providing some key takeaways and uh, speaking to how what we uncovered might translate to the path forward for Fed policy. So maybe we can stick with the economy. I know we're this week coming off the August jobs report, which we received last Friday, which was a bit of an eye opener. But uh, we did receive some notable data releases over the past few days, including today with some key inflation data. So what can you share with us, Mike? 
Yeah, no, that's that's great. And, you know, <clears throat> that job number last Friday, you know, while disappointing, it, it really does go to show how much noise is in the data, especially, you know, on the labor market side of things. Um, you know, <clears throat> when, excuse me, uh, otherwise this week, fairly quiet given the holiday and short week. Um, but we got the base book on Wednesday. That I think was probably the key one, but we already touched on that. We also got the JOLT job openings numbers coming in well above of expectations, along with an increase in prior reading. So, you know, that again is suggesting that the Delta COVID spike having an impact on the labor market dynamics. So kind of in line with that, those non-farm payrolls we've seen. Uh, on the other hand, though, initial jobless claims data that we got yesterday showed a better outlook than economists on the street expected. So, again, really tough to tell the whole labor market picture, given all of the noise and you know, the rapidly changing landscape as the virus continues to ebb and flow in various regions. Um, so and then on the inflation side, yes, this morning we did get uh, producer price inflation, uh, you know, very similar to surveys. Uh, slight decreases from prior months, no, nothing too notable. Um, you know, if we saw a big increase, that would be concerning as we, we'd likely see businesses passing those on to consumers and you know, leading to elevated CPI, uh, even more so than we expect, but no, in, in line with expectations there. And that was just that this morning. So that, that's this week's economic data there. Okay, well, thank you for the recap there, Mike. Maybe now we can, as we begin to close out the conversation, turn to the week ahead. What's coming up next week, Mike, that you'll be keeping an eye out for that uh, could move markets? Yeah, so uh, so while we have the PPI readings today, next week we will start with the CPI readings. That'll be a major focus given that, that huge 5.4% headline year-over-year number that we saw last month, so very, very elevated there. Uh, the street's expecting similar levels this month as well. Just like I said, the, these inflation metrics look like they're going to stay elevated for some time. Uh, we will also be getting retail sales figures, excuse me, after a disappointing reading last month and the end of the supplemental employment benefits that, that ended last week. Uh, we'll also be getting, you know, next week's or this week's initial jobless claims data, providing another look at these labor market dynamics, but, you know, not focusing on one set of numbers over another, just looking at that, that longer-term trend. Uh, and then lastly, in terms of economic data, we get University of Michigan sentiment data, or survey data, including the sentiment data towards the end of next week. So a focus on the sentiment and uh, also inflation expectations. Now, beyond the economic data, you know, we're keeping an eye on the discussions in D.C. and specifically on that debt ceiling dynamic. Uh, if there's any progress here, that would be very beneficial to markets. Uh, should, you know, all else equal lower volatility in the month ahead, uh, and, you know, just really take care of you know, the elephant in the room that you know, is going to have to get dealt with at some point. But that, that's what we're really focusing on next week. So it sounds like a few data points of interest there. And of course, anything can happen in Washington. So uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled for sure. But up in between, wish you a nice weekend, Mike. Thank you for dropping by the podcast today. Appreciate the clarity, uh, the insights, your time. And we'll look forward to picking back up with the conversation again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Dan. 
Thank you, Mike. And again, today we've been joined by Mike Gord, Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. Uh, These resources can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.